Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rap Party, where we dive a little deeper into Sunday's message. Pastor Ray here, this week with Pastor Taylor. What's up, guys? And I also have a special guest, my son, Nathan. Hey. So Pastor Taylor, he continued our series in Ephesians where we're looking at this letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus and really how it applies to us today. We are learning about the riches of Christ and then our response to those riches, how we should live these things out. So Pastor Taylor, why don't you remind us about your message and then we'll have a conversation about it. Yeah, so this week we went through uh, just seven verses, but we concluded chapter three. So chapter three, verses 14 through 21. And uh, what is interesting about this uh, set of verses, this text, and it's a prayer. You know, a few weeks ago, Pastor Ray, you went through uh, his first prayer in chapter one, and uh, it's it's just really fitting uh, and encouraging to see, you know, not only Paul's passion um, for, you know, the Gentiles and receiving the gospel, but how compassionate he is. Um, for them to get it and understand it. And, you know, it's not just the message, it's the life you live after you receive the message. Yeah. And uh, even being in a jail cell is still just as passionate. Um, but what we, what Paul is doing, uh, what we talked about yesterday was just how he is basically getting ready and maybe setting up uh, to really teach how to walk it out and how to walk out their faith, not just to receive and remember what they've already received, but to actually put action behind all of that. And so I'm excited to kind of gear up over the next, uh, gosh, I think five more weeks of this this study, and it be you know super practical, um, you know, kicking off this week with unity. I mean, it's just a good, uh, obviously an important part. But you know, he he told us um, really four things that we could do uh, that we could be strengthened by the Spirit. Uh, that we need to have Christ dwell, that Christ would dwell in our heart, that we would be rooted in love, and that we would be filled with the fullness of God. And it's just a powerful progression of things that we can uh, realize that we've already received, you know, because I do believe that that is something that uh, at least the process has started upon uh, salvation. It doesn't always end up that way based off of how we choose to live our lives once we have that moment. Um, but you know, nonetheless, Paul really uh, paints a pretty clear picture of uh, what we should do or strive to be uh, in our relationship with God. Yeah, so. yeah. I was, I was just thinking. Um, you mentioned the four things that Paul is kind of drawing out in this mm-hmm. prayer, but he also had four things in the prayer that I covered in chapter mm-hmm. one about things that we should know about God. So this, that's another interesting connection that I just put together. Um, hey, Nathan, was there anything about Pastor Taylor's message that really stood out to you? Um, Yeah, I liked at the end how he was talking about how God can do what we'll do more than you ever, like, expect. Yeah. Like... An example is my sister, Catherine, and Ray here, 
<laughs> my dad. Uh, they've they've been uh, saving up for going to Romania, mm-hmm. and we were and there was a lot. It takes a lot of money to go, and we were like, we might not get it. It was a couple weeks ago, but we we got. They got the amount that they needed, and they're helping Pastor Taylor here to go, yeah, which is awesome. Cool, yeah. yeah, God really does do more than we can think. That's for sure. That's awesome, Nick. Good work, bud. So, um, Pastor Taylor, you kind of talked about how this letter is almost like Paul's Great Commission, sort of a rallying of the troops. And it's almost like Paul is saying, like, now that you've come to know God and his power— allow his power to strengthen you. Can you kind of unpack this idea of, um, you know, now that we know, Mm -hmm. we have to go, essentially? Yeah, you know, so I think, and this is maybe my own observation of my own life at times, um, but also really even just what you see around us in terms of the American church. And, you know, maybe let's have this conversation again when we get back from Romania being in another country and seeing the church in action in another country that perhaps we're not really used to, but, you know, from this perspective, we can only really speak to what we see around us. And I think a lot of times, um, I was thinking about this last night and that word is complacency Mm -hmm. or being a little too comfortable. And I think that's where we all get, you know, like we just left our group talking about yeah. learning Greek and, you know, all the cool stuff that we normally talk about. Um, and that's kind of a blessing and a curse when it comes to faith, I think, within the American church is because we can sit and talk and debate it all day, but yeah. are we really living right. it? Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the issue that I feel like I've seen kind of this underlying issue that Paul's really addressing based off the letter that they receive in, in revelations two, And, you know, now through the four things that you talked about that he wanted them to see that they had, Mm -hmm. um, or that they wanted, you know, now stepping into these things to from four things that they had or revealings of God to four things that, uh, God was going to do in them Mm -hmm. is never really something like God's not just giving you, or Paul's not just praying for them to receive power through the spirit for their inner man, just so that they could not mess up anymore. Yeah. Right. He's not just saying like, if, if you could just have Christ dwell in your heart, then, uh, you're not going to sin anymore. He's not saying if you're rooted in God's love that you're never going to hurt anymore, but, at the end of the day, what he's saying is like, there's also action behind all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it so powerful. You know, we haven't even mentioned that the last, or actually Nate, that's what you talked about, bud. But when you realize those things, it's easier to see that God can do imaginally, like, um, it's a tough word, (laughs) imaginably more than you could think or ask. So like when you, our imagination is a very powerful thing. Our mind is a very powerful thing. So to even consider that, like, you know, I'm thinking of our Romania trip coming up and it's bringing back memories of the last few times I went to Romania. And, like, I know we're going to a completely different part of the Mm -hmm. country. And so I'm not expecting to do anything we did on those trips. But even in my imagination and my thought, 
of what I'm expecting to happen, God will do more. Yeah. And I think that's what Paul's trying to get them to understand that through the power of the spirit within us, it's like he's given you the framework to grow out of the issues in your life or to look past the issues in your life so that God can do more through you. And a lot of that more through you is for the people around you, not just in you. Right. You know, so. Yeah, that's good. Um, you gave this, you told this story of uh, when you were playing baseball and your coach came up to you and was like, I want you to mentally prepare yourself to win this game. And you're just like, what in the world does that mean? Uh, but it was kind of making me think, you know, Paul starts his letter saying, I, I bow my knee before the father. You know, he's in this uh, posture of prayer, you could say, um, where he's really seeking God on behalf of the Ephesians. Um, and I'm wondering how much of preparing ourselves to win, um, you know, you can see this as um, – fulfilling the call that God has in your life and finishing well. Um, in order to do that, I think we have to be in God's presence in order to be strengthened by the spirit. What do you think about that? No, I think it, I think it's spot on and hearing you kind of mention that, I think a lot of that does hang on preparation, but it can't stay on preparation. You know, like with that story, um, if you think about preparing for a game, um, if we're using baseball still, you, you know, depending for us, it always depended on what time the game was and stuff. But sometimes you would have when high school, we would always do batting practice at our field. And then we would travel to where we were playing, mm-hmm. especially if it was a close trip like this particular story I told yesterday. And so the preparation is never as intense as the game. You know, like we're hitting batting practice. And the guy throwing batting practice, which was the same guy that told me in the game, you know, prepare yourself to win the game. But he wasn't throwing 96 miles an hour like we knew the kid Mm -hmm. that was going to be pitching was going to. But you're preparing. Right. But So if you keep your mindset in the prep, as important as the preparation stage is, like you will not be successful when the game starts. Right. The lights come on, so to speak, if your mindset is still in preparation. Mm Mm-hmm. There has to be that graduation or step into and out of preparation and into, you know, in the church world, making a difference. Right. Because I shared that quote, too, that uh, I couldn't remember where I'd read it, but it was basically like, you can't do anything for God without him doing the work in you. And a lot of times you look at, well, I'm just not ready or there's still issues going on in my life. And I think when you, you have that mindset, you're stuck in mm-hmm. the preparation stage. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just important to realize like this speech, this prayer, I think is what he's trying to get Ephesus out of the preparation stage mm-hmm. to go do it, yeah. go be who they're supposed to be, realize their riches in God. Um, you know, and we talked a few weeks ago about how, we can realize that we're rich in who God is as God the Father, who He is as God the Son, and who He is as God the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Each one of those provides something else in us. And now it's like, hey, let's go. Let's yeah. do this. So, Yeah, that's really good. Um, another thing that I was thinking about during your message is um, you talked about how Jesus comes to dwell in you. Mm. Um, and you mentioned how, you know, a lot of times – 
you know, if Jesus comes knocking on the door, are you ready for him to dwell in you? Or are you like, hold on, Jesus, I need to clean up real quick. Or you can't come in now, come, come back later kind of thing. Um, what's, what's neat about God is that the Holy Spirit comes in and helps us clean up. You know, we don't have to clean up ourselves before we can come. Um, so that's really good. And it made me think of this, uh, that show hoarders. Have you ever yeah. seen that where yeah. people just, they hang on to stuff and it, right. and it gets to be, um, you know, detrimental to their health and, um, you know, how much they enjoy life and stuff like that. Um, but these people come in to help them clean out. Right. Um, but they never want to let anything go, right. which you may be understandable. Uh, but what I'm, what I was thinking of is that, and you kind of brought this idea out in your message too, is that the Holy Spirit comes in to help us clean out our house, but we have to be willing to let things go. And I think you really pulled that out. Can you maybe remind us what that looks like to um, kind of prepare our hearts for the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants in us? You know, it's, it's funny you bring up hoarders because I was thinking of a commercial. Uh, Shelby had sent it to me on an Instagram reel the other day, but it's basically like, what if your guest... Uh, showed up at your house and did all the things that you assumed that they were going to do <laughs> in terms of like you preparing to have mm-hmm. guests over and company. And so it showed this guy just like barge into a house and went to every bathroom and was like, Oh, the toilets aren't clean. <laughs> Can't believe you had us over without cleaning the toilets. And you know, the, the bed's not made straight. Like how dare you kind of thing. Right. It's really funny, but you know, it's a good point. Uh, and really a, a strong stance on, on the reality of it is, you know, I think we could all say, um, and if you, if you can't say this, like, please tell me your secret if you're listening, <laughs> but I think we've all been in that position where, you know, we're asking Jesus to be in our heart and that daily surrender and that daily mm-hmm. attitude of, of putting him first, but also knowing that that there's some junk in our heart Mm -hmm. and, you know, thankfully he'll still come in. He's not going to go around and call you out on all the junk, but he, it is our, he is placing and giving us the responsibility to clean it out. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I've grown to not really like the statement, like come as you are Um, though. It's true. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times today, uh, especially like I see it in young people. I think that's a message that a lot of young people get is, Hey, just come as you are, just come Mm -hmm. as you are. But what they're not being taught is don't, what they're being taught is just come as you are, but then they're not being taught that they can't stay as they are. Right. Yeah. And that being able to not stay as you are is not just going to happen because you've asked the Holy spirit to clean you out or you've, you've said, God, Uh, I surrender my heart to you. There's a lot of action that needs to take place because God isn't going to come out and clean the stuff like you're saying that you're unwilling to Mm -hmm. let go of. Um, We we might wish that he would. We might read some Old Testament stories where it seems like he even did, but that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't let go of something that you're unwilling to surrender. Yeah. And, you know, so we all have things that we want to hold on to in some of it. I was talking to Shelby last night about a dream she had and how she's praying through it. And, um, she thinks it might have something to do with her past. And, and, you know, even as we're talking, it's like a lot of times you have to 
be willing to do the search. You have to be willing to pursue it and be in pursuit of not just letting go of it, but surrendering it so that God can really help you out. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's just what makes it so powerful is that, you know, our heart is an evil thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and by default it's evil. Um, and if we're ever going to, it's interesting that the one thing that is evil in you is the one thing that Christ must dwell in. Mm. And you think, well, how is that possible? You know, because Jesus is not evil. He's perfect. He's sinless. How can he be where, you know, our outlet for sin is? Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just the beauty of what he did for us on the cross is, uh, he's able to move in and transform our heart by the renewing of our mind. Mm -hmm. And so if we can get under that and believe it and allow him to come in as we are, but then us take our responsibility to not stay there, then you could only grow from that. Right. Yeah. That's really good. It's uh, like a mind shift or a mindset shift. Like you mentioned in your Mm -hmm. message as well. Hey Nate, do you have any other thoughts about what we've been talking about? Oh Yeah. I know it was like six minutes ago, but when you were saying how like Jesus, like if Jesus knocked on your door, mm-hmm. would you just let him in or would you be like, wait a second? It kind of reminded me of the story of Mar- Mary and Martha, how Martha's doing all the, making all the food mm-hmm. and stuff while Mary's just like worshiping God. And Martha's like, Tell Mary, well, like to Jesus, tell Mary to help me. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was basically like, no, he's, she's doing the most important thing. Right. So it kind of reminded me of that because like, sometimes we're just like, Martha, while like, we're like, Hang on a second. Let me just finish this mm-hmm. stuff before I pray. Let me watch this Facebook video before I have quiet time. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And sometimes we just have to like drive back to what we really need to do, yeah. which is spend time with God. Yeah, that's really good. It's like what Pastor Taylor was saying um, in Revelation to the, the the letter from Jesus to the Ephesians. Don't forget your first love, you know, and that's really what it is. It's really good. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in. We hope that uh, this conversation blesses you. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to Pastor Taylor's message or if you've missed some of the messages in this series, give them a listen because they they really help us to understand exactly what Paul is trying to do, Um, the message he's trying to relay, the life change that he was praying for, for the Ephesians and really through the Holy Spirit, for us listening uh, to that message today. So we pray that you would join us next week as we continue this series. But for today, that's a wrap! Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, We'd love to hear about it, so please drop us a note.